Hello there, and welcome to episode number 94 of Blue Jays World Update. I'm your host, Thomas Hall, and let's get you up to date. All right, so we are virtually one week away from the August 2nd trade deadline. And because of that, there will undoubtedly be several trades that transpire between now and August 2nd. So, of course, we must discuss what the Blue Jays are going to do. Furthermore, we need to rattle off some predictions here as to what the Blue Jays or who the Blue Jays may acquire at the midseason trade deadline. And of course, we all know what their needs are, right? Most of us, at least. If you've been watching this team all season long, you know exactly what this team needs. And it's pitching. It's in the starting rotation and in the bullpen. And to put a cherry on top of all of this, it would be fantastic to get a reliable left-handed bat who can add some power to the middle of the Blue Jays batting order just to help balance their best hitters out, you know, so put uh, put a left-handed slugger right in between Kirk and, and Teoscar, that would probably be the best place, or even, you know, you could put them in the three spot and separate Vladdy and Kirk, but I really like Kirk batting three and Vladdy two, but no matter where you, you slice it, having a power hitting lefty in the middle of the Blue Jays order would make their offense even more deadly than it already is. But again, as this team sits here, currently at 53 and 43, 10 games above 500, they possess the first wild card spot in the American League. They're a half game up on the race for that spot. As they sit here at this very moment, they cannot afford to move forward here past the deadline without shoring up their bullpen and probably their starting rotation too. Because even though Yusei Kikuchi is on the road to recovery from his quote-unquote next strain, there's no guarantee that he provides quality for the Blue Jays when he does return to the starting rotation. And it seems like that could come as early as this Saturday. So, of course, it would be fantastic if the Blue Jays had a little bit more depth in the starting rotation to augment the fact that if Kikuchi struggles again, they don't have to go to a Max Castile who's not stretched out and can only give the Blue Jays three, maybe four innings right now. But still, if you acquire a starter... That still leaves the bullpen, which without a doubt in my mind is this team's number one concern right now. If there's only one area you can improve at the deadline, just one, somebody holds a gun to your head and says, you can only improve one area of this team, what will it be? It has to be the bullpen. It has to be the bullpen. It's just not good enough right now to not only contend and help this team continue to stay where it is and, and add to their lead as the number one wildcard team they can't 
compete in the playoffs to the level that they want to and, and aspire to be with the bullpen the way it is, right? When you have options like Jordan Romano, Jimmy Garcia, and Tim Meza, and Adam Simber as well, when you get into the postseason and you are using those guys every game, because that's what will happen, every game will be a tight one where you need your leverage guys. And if you don't further complement those guys with one or two other pitchers, they're going to get burnt out. They're going to get burnt out. And as we've seen throughout this season, when you overuse Jordan Romano and Jimmy Garcia and Tim Meza and Adam Simber, they're not as effective. And of course they're not. You know, guys get tired. They're not robots, right? They are human beings. So that's why this trade trade deadline is so critical for the Blue Jays and especially their bullpen. And that's why I think too, of course we would love to see Juan Soto traded to the Blue Jays or Shohei Otani traded to the Blue Jays. But even if you were to make those deals, and let's say they did, for, for argument's sake, let's say they were to pull off a blockbuster trade and they were to acquire Shohei Otani, who would undoubtedly make their offense better as a left-handed hitter who can hit for power and contact. He would also improve their starting rotation. But at the same time, for what you would have to give up, and the Angels reportedly want quality major leaguers and minor leaguers in any trade that they uh, make for Shohei, that would leave the Blue Jays pretty bare when they would try and further improve their bullpen. And so if you're trading for Shohei Otani and you're giving up, say, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Santiago Espinal, Gabby Moreno, and Ricky Tiedemann, that doesn't leave you a whole hell of a lot to, one, fill the holes that you just created on your position player side, and two, improve your biggest concern, which would remain your bullpen. So I truly think that this is going to be a deadline where the Blue Jays focus heavily on pitching, especially when it comes to relievers, and so will all the other contenders across the major leagues, of course, right? Pitching is always going to be in high demand, especially when it comes to high leverage relievers. But if I'm the Blue Jays, and for me sitting here right now, I would predict that there's a pretty good chance we'll see the Blue Jays acquire either Daniel Bard from the Colorado Rockies or David Robertson, who's a veteran closer, been around for a very long time, who is now playing for the Chicago Cubs, having a very good year himself. Um, we could, there's a pretty decent chance we could see either of them ideally both but it probably won't be both but it would be nice if one of them would be on the Blue Jays by August 2nd and I think again there's a strong chance that that 
happens, especially because the Blue Jays already have a prior connection with the Rockies front office, right? Back in March, they made the swap, Randall Gritchick for Rymiel Tapia. So there is a previous connection there, and obviously there's a fit with Daniel Bard. But of course, there's some risk because he's eligible for free agency after this, after this season. And he's 37 years old right now. So, you know, he would provide a, a solution, obviously, this season, right? He's been Colorado's primary closer this year, having a fantastic year, 196 ERA, 241 expected ERA. Uh, he's got a strikeout percentage of 28.7. Opponents are hitting just 146 off him. He's got uh, 20 saves on the season. He's got a 0.7 Fangraphs war rating. So, you know, obviously he would complement Jordan Romano and the rest of the group at the back end of the Blue Jays bullpen. And so too would David Robertson, right? Again, veteran guy, same age as, as Bart. He's 37 years old also eligible for free agency at the end of the season but again he too is having a very good year in 39 and a third innings he's got a 183 era a 3.00 expected era um, he's got a strikeout percentage of 31.4 percent opponents are hitting 146 against him and similar to Bard, he's also got a 0.7 Fangraphs war rating with 14 saves on the year. But, you know, I truly, in my heart, if I was the GM of the Blue Jays, I would want somebody who had more team control. Obviously, you would get a ton of quality from guys like Bard and Robertson, but you don't know how much longer they're going to be wanting to play and, you know, as they creep up on 40 years old, you don't know how much longer they're going to be able to continue to perform at this high of a level. So it would make more sense, in my opinion, at least, to give up a little bit more in the acquisition cost to get somebody with a little bit more team control. And that's where I lean a little bit heavier on somebody like Joe Mantiply from the Arizona Diamondbacks, who's just 31 years old. He's a left-handed pitcher. He's under team control through 2026. So obviously there's some value in that sense if you're the Diamondbacks, but he's having a, a very good year. Uh, in, in 40 appearances, he's logged 37 and two-thirds innings, posting a 239. ERA, a 249 expected ERA. Uh, he hasn't been their, their main closer, but he has recorded a couple of saves on the season. He gets a solid amount of strikeouts at a 25.5% clip. He doesn't allow any walks at all at just a 1.3% clip. Uh, opponents are hitting 243 against him, and he gets a lot of ground balls too at a 56.3% rate. Uh, and he's got a 0.8 Fangraphs war rating this season. And again, you would get a lot of team control for a guy who's in arguably the prime of his career right now. Um, and he has, you know, somewhat of a track record too. He's not, he hasn't been a reliable arm at the major league level. Um, he has battled some injuries previously in his career, but uh, last season he was just as good. Um, he's taken a, an even bigger step forward this year. Um, 
but you know for a guy that has that much control and is a high leverage arm at this current point of his career you know I think it would make a lot more sense to target somebody like Joe Mantiply versus David Robertson or Daniel Bard obviously it's going to cost a little bit more but you could expand on the trade too and make it a little bit more worth your while if you're the Blue Jays um, because there are other intriguing pieces on Arizona's roster that could help the Blue Jays you have Merrill Kelly who uh, is under contract beyond this season not too expensive of a pitcher either and he would be a very reliable uh, arm that the Blue Jays could insert at the back of their rotation they wouldn't have to worry about having two vacancies possibly um, you know if, if Ross Stripling does end up leaving next season uh, and whatever happens with Kikuchi you know you would have a rotation that you could bank on next season showing up in Barrios and Gosman and Manoa and Kelly and then have Joe Mantiply at the back end of your bullpen along with Romano and Garcia and Simber and Meza so you know that would make sense to me also David Peralta veteran outfielder left-handed bat um who's uh, on expiring contract so like that would make some sense too to include him in any sort of trade discussions with Arizona um you know but I I just I don't I don't love the idea of chasing rentals especially rentals who are in the later stages of their careers which Bard and Robertson obviously are um and it's a seller's market this year, right? So, you know, you're, you're competing against the Dodgers and the Padres uh, and, and the Yankees, of course, and the Houston Astros, uh, the New York Mets, the Atlanta Braves, the Milwaukee Brewers, the St. Louis Cardinals. Like, there are going to be high price tags attached to Bard and Robertson at the deadline this year. So... You know, if you're already paying a high price for a reliever, wouldn't it make sense to go after somebody who had more team control and is younger? To me, it would. So that's why I would lean more towards making a trade with Arizona. Obviously, there aren't any significant or prior connections with the Blue Jays front office in Arizona, uh, at least recent ones that I can think of. But they're all, there's, there's something there to that. Um, whether or not it happens, I'm not entirely sure. But to me, that's something worth monitoring as we move forward here. Um, but speaking about connections, obviously Ben Sherrington, former member of the Blue Jays front office, who's now running the show down in Pittsburgh. There could be some traction to be made down there um, for a potential deal with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Obviously, when you think of the Pirates, your mind immediately goes to somebody like David Bednar, who has been one of the best relievers in baseball this season and has a ton of team control beyond this season. But by the sounds of it, it doesn't seem like Pittsburgh is interested in trading Bednar this season or anytime soon. Um, so it... it seems like they would have to be blown away 
by an offer to be inclined to, to trade with Bednar, which is a shame because he would be absolutely perfect. He would be tailor-made for the Blue Jays bullpen, but of course, they can only control who the other teams want to part with. But if we were to look at some of these starting pitching options that the Pirates have, somebody the Blue Jays might be intrigued by is Jose Quintana. And, you know, for you hard, hardcore baseball fans out there, obviously the name Quintana is familiar to you back during his days with the White Sox and uh, a little bit, you know, during his tenure with the Chicago Cubs too, even though he fell off. Uh, towards the end of his tenure in the north side of Chicago. But uh, he's kind of remade himself, Quintana, a little bit here with the the Pirates. And he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Again, left-handed pitcher. Uh, he's now 33 years old, but he's having a decent year. Uh, in 19 starts, he's got a 370 ERA, a 418 expected ERA, a 327 FIP. Uh, he's not a guy that gets many strikeouts but he's got a 20.7% strikeout rate compared to a 7.1% walk rate. Opponents are hitting 253 against him this season, which isn't terribly bad at all. Um, he doesn't give a much hard contact, just a 37.4% hard hit rate, uh, a 45.1% ground ball rate this season, and to top things all off, a 2.0 Fangraphs war rating which is the highest of his career since the 2019 season. So, um, you know, his his value is cer certainly uh, ticked up this season compared to previous ones. But um, for a, you know, a decent back end of the rotation option, uh, Quintana might make sense. But again, I'm not huge on going after rentals, but considering Quintana probably wouldn't cost all that much. If you're the Blue Jays, like obviously no one from their top five prospect system would be going anywhere in a trade for Quintana. Um, but, you know, perhaps somebody like Hagen Danner, possibly, who uh, is expected to rise up to the AAA level later this season. Um, you know, perhaps somebody like him could intrigue the Pirates a little bit. Maybe somebody like Chad Dallas, who's down in Vancouver right now. Um, you know, obviously the, the, the Blue Jays have a very uh, respectable prospect system. Not one of the best in the majors, but they are deep enough that they can acquire quality players without necessarily subtracting from their major league roster. Again, it depends on who they're acquiring, but for a guy like Jose Quintana, it, it probably wouldn't cost a whole lot to trade for him. But if the Blue Jays were looking at somebody who had a little bit more team control on the Pirates roster and who's having a pretty decent year, that's JT Brubaker. And he's younger than Quintana. He's 28. He's a right-hander. And he's under team control through 2025. So, again, you wouldn't have to worry about him departing through free agency at the end of the year. And, you know, in 18 starts, he's got a 4.02 ERA, a 3.85 expected ERA, a 3.74 FIP, 
Uh, he strikes out a little bit more than Quintana at a 23% clip and a 9.5% walk rate. Uh, opponents are hitting 247 against him this season, similar to Quintana. He doesn't give up much hard contact at a 362% clip. He gets a decent amount of ground balls at 43% this season, and he's got a career best 1.5 Fangraphs war rating. Now, it's unclear if Pittsburgh would be willing to part with Brubaker right now, but given the fact that he's 28 years old and they're still currently in the midst of their rebuild, it probably would make sense to sell high on Brubaker right now rather than holding on to him as he approaches 30 years old. He loses some team control and his value would obviously drop a little bit. So to me, it would make sense for Sherrington and his staff to listen in on offers for both Quintana and Brubaker. Um, obviously, given the team control, Brubaker would cost a little bit more uh, than Quintana, but again, the Blue Jays probably want to acquire somebody who has team control beyond this season, given the fact that you don't know what's going to happen with Ross Stripling in the offseason, what Kikuchi's going to be like through the rest of this season, so it would be fantastic to have somebody showing up next season who you already know what to expect of, um, and would be on a fairly decent salary as well. He's, he's just going to be first time eligible for arbitration after this season so it's not going to be a high uh, price tag for even next season he's making just 725k this year so um, you know he, he obviously wouldn't make a significant impact on the Blue, Blue Jays payroll so um, you know that's that's another starting pitcher in my eyes that um, it wouldn't shock me if the Blue Jays landed him leading up to the deadline. Um, but again, too, I just think that connection with Sherrington and, and the Blue Jays front office makes, makes a lot of sense to get a deal done in some uh, fashion, whether that's a Quintana or a Brubaker or somebody else entirely. I doubt it. Like, I, I, I really don't expect to see David Bednar dealt this year, so... You know, if the Blue Jays were to make a trade with the Pirates, it's without question probably involving either Quintana or Brubaker. Um, naturally, they would have to make a separate deal to improve their bullpen. But um, for a low-risk, high-reward type of move, I could see Quintana or Brubaker being on the Blue Jays' radar. Um, but, you know, they... They certainly have a handful of options in front of them, right? Um, obviously, we expect the Blue Jays to be aggressive over these next uh, over this next week or so. But I again, I, I don't suspect we'll see any blockbuster trades involving the Blue Jays um, when it comes to Shohei Otani or Juan Soto. It just it doesn't make sense to me. Um, to do that obviously you would want to acquire a superstar player and, and help complement your already talented position player group and pitching staff when it comes to Shohei Otani but um, for the amount that you would have to give up for either player you'd be gutting your prospect system essentially or you know 
significantly subtracting key pieces of your farm system and that's just not something we've seen the Blue Jays accustomed to right like since Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro took over uh, in, in 2016 they've worked their butts off to try and rebuild this prospect system as good as it currently is right now so that they set themselves up to be in contention to make notable trades when the team is in, when the team's competitive like it is right now so um you know if, if you part with prospects like gabby gabby moreno or elvis martinez ricky tiedemann jordan groshans like if you remove all of those guys from your system it limits your window of contention right in, in instead of having you know say a five to ten year window of year after year competing for the playoffs that shrinkens that sh shrinks to like five years maybe right because because then you don't have as good of a prospect system to make trades to continuously improve your roster and so i think we see smaller ish moves made by this front office um at the deadline but i say that with a bit of a asterisk next to next to it because it's not like the blue jays are going to be scratching the bottom of the barrel right like they're not going to continuously make moves the way we've seen right acquiring anthony banda or signing sergio roma who's no longer with the organization anymore um you know like the, they are going to make notable additions to this team um it's just it's a matter i think of determining whether they want somebody who has team control beyond this season or if they're willing to go after rentals because traditionally we see world series contenders push all their chips into the middle of the table and you know trade prospects for rentals guys like daniel bard and david robertson and jose quintana who could all leave after half a season and we sort of saw the blue jays dip their toe into the water in that sense last season when they acquired uh brad hand who did not work out um from the washington nationals but they didn't have to give up anyone significant Right? They, they gave up Riley Adams, who they didn't really have room for anyway with Gabby Moreno coming up through the system um, and, and already having, at, at, the, at the time last season, Danny Jansen and Reese McGuire and Alejandro Kirk already at the major league level. So there was no room for Riley Adams anymore. So, you know, perhaps they trade, if they're going to trade one of their top tier prospects, Perhaps it's somebody like Jordan Groshans, who hasn't really fulfilled his expectations thus far. Um, you know, w without question, he's a talented young player. Um, but for somebody who's 22 years old, he's not really lighting up the world with the Buffalo Bisons uh, this season. Um, you know, he's currently slashing 253. 
355 and 303 with uh, just one home run and 23 RBIs uh, in, in 62 games across 221 plate appearances this season or at bats um, at the AAA level. So, you know, as a guy who's probably doesn't even have a, a spot in the majors right now, right? With, with Kevin Biggio playing as well as he is and the fact that he can play multiple positions. You have Bo Bichette playing basically every single day. Uh, similar thing with Matt Chapman. Espinal's playing a ton as well. There's not a lot of at-bats to come for infielders at the major league level right now. And, and, and I don't suspect that's going to change next season, right? Because Matt Chapman still under contract with the Blue Jays. Espinal's not going anywhere, assuming he stays healthy, knock on wood. The way Kevin Biggio is playing as basically a super utility player for the Blue Jays right now, like obviously, assuming he doesn't get traded at the deadline as part of a bigger deal, like there's just not a ton of opportunities for guys like Jordan Groshans or Otto Lopez right now. So it wouldn't shock me if the Blue Jays, say, went out and acquired a Joe Mantiply or a Scott Efros from the Chicago Cubs. Guys who are quality arms but have a lot of team control where you would have to part, one of your, part with one of your you know, higher caliber prospects. Obviously, you're not going to want to trade Gabby Moreno or, or Elvis Martinez or Ricky Tiedemann, but you might be a little bit more willing to part with a Jordan Groshans or an Otto Lopez if you're acquiring somebody you know who's going to give you quality for the next, you know, three, four seasons. Um, so that's, that's something to keep in mind here as we move forward. Because um, the Blue Jays, like, there's... There's no secret. They want to have a deep postseason run this year. Anything short of that will be a disappointment, right? If they get knocked out in the wild card round because they didn't go out at the deadline and improve your bullpen, they're going to be kicking themselves and regretting that they didn't make a um, bigger push at the deadline for somebody. So... Obviously, I don't think they're going to go all in per se and, you know, make any prospect available. But I, I see them taking a similar approach to, say, the Los Angeles Dodgers, where the Dodgers are open or have been open in previous years of making big moves at the deadline, right? We saw them acquire Trey Turner and Max Scherzer last year, but they knew which prospects at the top of their system not to give up. And I see the Blue Jays going down a similar path where they know which ones they should keep, which obviously, for now at least, would be Moreno, probably Martinez, and absolutely Tiedemann. But when you get down to the Jordan Groshans, the Otto Lopez, and others be a little bit more inclined to move those guys so that they don't lose value because they're stuck in the minors. But uh, we'll see. Um, that's just my thoughts on this matter. Obviously, uh, I'm not as 
in tune with the Blue Jays front office because, you know, they don't really share many of their secrets. They're very hush-hush when it comes to these sort of things. But there's no question in my mind, they're going to be active and we're going to see trades made between now and August 2nd. And this team is going to be better for the final two months of the season and as we head into October and hopefully November as well. But that does it for this week's episode. I hope all of you join me next time for another edition of Blue Jays World Update where we will recap all the moves that the Blue Jays have made from the deadline. So be sure to tune into that episode. But until next time, I'm your host, Thomas Hall, and now you're up to date. And please remember, wear a mask, wear it properly, and get vaccinated. Thanks for listening.